welcome back everybody to another show of flyway connections my name is chris and like always i'm here with my buddy joe joe hey how y'all doing today all right so today we actually have a special guest a good friend of mine uh, i like to say friend but uh it, i don't know what he thought about me when he was my pl at one time uh but uh <laughs> he now is in uh carson uh and he's still in the service. He's still doing good things out there. So, uh, Luke, let's go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, kind of get a little idea about yourself, and then uh, we'll kind of go a little bit of our background, how we met. So, Yeah, so uh, my name is Luke Cox. Um, I'm currently at Fort Carson. I just took a company command position there. And I know Chris from back in our Fort Campbell days. Uh, I was his platoon leader. He was one of my team leaders. And, yeah, I, I definitely consider your friend, brother. It's great to reconnect. It's awesome. We, you know, kind of doing the same thing with the podcasting and getting into yeah. outdoors and all the hunting. Yeah, it's crazy because I, I saw like your clothing line, but I had no idea you were doing a podcast and you had all this other stuff going on, um, which honestly, I thought, man, that's that's insane. I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of uh, promote what you're doing out there because uh, kind of go and, and I, I don't know if you heard any of our podcasts, but me and Joe kind of started this just kind of get that connection out there for other service members. Um, as far as like when they go to new locations, who they can meet up when they want to go on the outdoors hunt or whatever. Yeah. We cater more to flyway connections, but we, uh, kind of want to highlight what Valen honor does, uh, for service members and first responders. But, um, I thought it was actually really good that you were doing that, man. I, I, I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the show. Um, but, uh, I'm not going to call you sir no more. Cause I'm, uh, I'm no longer have my slave name, so <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect but, it. Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> but uh, that's good. It's good. That you, weren't you at Benning for a while, though? Yeah, I was. So after I finished my uh, platoon leader and staff time at Fort Campbell, I went down to Fort Benning, Georgia, and hung out in the basic training world for a while. I took a company camp command position down there, and then I went to the captain's career course, and then we came out to Colorado, which is an outdoorsman's dream. It's it's pretty phenomenal, just the hunting and the fishing and everything we've got out here. Nice. nice. What company were you in over at Bennett? I was in a Bravo Company two four seven. Two four seven. I was a drill one nineteen for a few for a little bit of the time. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I'm just right down right down the road there. Yeah. But um. Oh. Yeah. I, so the audience kind of knows uh, we, we actually met you in the, the deployment of the what, 12, 13 or 13, 14 deployment. I can't remember which one. I think it was the 14, 15, yeah. 14 one, yeah. Um, and you you replaced uh, guy just brain farting. For real? Yeah. Lieutenant Farrell? Yeah, Lieutenant Farrell. There you go. I thought you said bro. Yeah, I yeah, know. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun. Uh, that was pretty cool. But anyways, um, I guess the biggest thing is as far as um, the uh, lift hunt and it's the lift, the hunt, and it's hunt, the eat. hunt, lifty, hunt, hunt lifty. lifty. Yeah, yeah. I get confused because like you have the letters up there, but I'm like I'm I'm a dyslexic and uh, Joe can't read, so we're kind of like messed up on the when it comes to the show and stuff. So we just it throws kinda, a lot of people off. Yeah, yeah. but uh, at, what is it that you guys actually how you guys started and kind of go into detail as far as what you guys are looking to do and kind of the mission I guess behind all that. Yeah, so uh, I had the idea for Hunt Lift Eat back in as actually when I was at. Uh, Fort Benning in the basic training world. I was doing a lot of the Instagram stuff um, mm -hmm. on my personal page. And uh, Eric Bartell, yeah, I remember platoon him. leader with me in our in our company, uh, Chris and I. 
he blew up on Instagram as he was getting out of the army and leveraged it into a job and has had a lot of opportunities since then. And it's, it's been pretty cool. And that kind of like showed me the power of social media before then I didn't really understand it. Didn't do anything with it. And so I was, when I, I was getting a lot more serious about my hunting and my outdoor stuff, I just basically wanted to get brand deals and pro deals and that sort of thing. So I kept uh, kind of learning how to do the social media marketing myself and I just made mine. I read somewhere like, oh, you know, make your name, the things you like to do, like the content on your page. So people see the tag. And so I just did like hunt, lift, eat, because that's the three things that I like to do. Yeah. Uh, lift, you know, and I was working hard, making content for other brands. And I just I was kind of like, I'm, you know, either getting a pro deal or, you know, maybe, a, you know, some affiliate marketing stuff. Why don't I do it instead of working for other people? Why don't I make my own brand? And so I just started playing with designs goes <laughs> on uh, PowerPoint in the on the office computer when I was sitting there. My drills were working hard and I was just supervising. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. We ended up getting a, a non-conduct, which is where we didn't pick up a basic training cycle because uh, mm-hmm. of recruiting numbers. And so we had like four months where we weren't really doing a whole lot. And that's when I just really started getting hot and heavy and building the, building the company. And I bought a embroidery machine, made patches and so, taught myself how to sew and was sewing them on hats and started selling them. And that's how we started. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I couldn't sew or it saved my life, but yeah, when he talks about that non-conduct, like that was like when I was like, we got one on a trail and like, we felt like, man, like I wanted the lottery, right? One of those non-conducts. <laughs> that was like that. And we had a, um, a short fill. We only, we only filled three, or three, three other four platoons. And then like, when you get one of those, like two of those things, like it's like you like, literally, you won the lottery. Oh yeah. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. Especially at first you're, it's an awesome break, but then by the end of it, you're just like, I just want to, I just want to work again. Like you start yeah. going crazy at the end of them. So as far as where are you guys at now with the uh, lift hunt eat, as far as um, when it goes to, I know well, one, we want to, we're going to get into it later about how they, people can find you on social media. Uh, I don't know, a website and all that, but we're, what is the step now? What is the, what are you guys moving towards now? As far as, uh, I guess the brand love, I uh, love <laughs> lift, eat, hunt, eat. You are dyslexic. So it's yeah, hunt, no. lift, eat. Yeah. Hunt, lift, eat. I told you, man. You might say, uh, love, live, love, live, and laugh. Bro, I told you, I, I, I doubt he remembers this, but all through that deployment, I was calling, uh, PMCS, uh, uh, PMSing, like PMSing the trucks and stuff. So I, I, I doubt he remember, but, uh, what uh, CC used to get upset with me the way he, like hey what I want like how he talked and shit. Uh, so our platoon sergeant at the time he was uh, from Africa, so he had this really really strong accent. And every time he's like getting upset with you, you're like, what did he just say? I have no idea. But he was a good guy, good uh, good platoon sergeant. Um, definitely had got some knowledge from him. So, but it, we had fun times with him. But yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah, I am a little dyslexic, and like I said. Joe can't read the words behind me, so <laughs> can't, can't spell them right, but whatever. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's, the, that's exactly how our team is. And so, yeah, so with the what I wanted to build with the company is it started around my core group of family and friends that we all hunt together at my family farm back in Virginia in our camp. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I what I built it around. And we've just slowly been expanding our team we've got a pretty great group of guys right now 
and I, and, and gals, we just added our first female team member. And so, and then we've expanded the community beyond that as well, just into the, the public with, you know, the podcast. And then we started a Facebook group for everybody to join and it's just sharing, you know, you know, tactics and techniques for hunting, fitness, cooking, eating, like nutrition. And that's kind of the overall mindset behind it is just building a community of like-minded people that want to be value added in the outdoors, be positive role models, teach that younger generation and really, really get back to like our, our roots in nature. And I think it's a good outlet and it ties, you know, obviously being in the active duty with the military, like I don't really consider us a military brand, but obviously we have some pretty heavy military influences. About three quarters of the team are either active duty or used to be in. And, uh, and so it's, it's bringing in a lot of military guys as well, building that sense of community, giving them, you know, something to do. I always talk to like my, my guys about, you got to have a hobby. You got to have something to do outside of the military, outside of work, because if that's mm-hmm. your whole life and then when that ends, that's why I think we have a lot of problems with guys. They don't have a purpose anymore because their sole focus is on the job and then they get out yeah. and then they lose the people, they lose the purpose. And then now they're just kind of flapping. And I think, you know, it can be anything. It can be, any hobby, but I think the outdoors really fills that, that void for a lot of folks. Yeah. I see like a lot of guys when they get out, they, you know, I, you know, I'm a, a board staff member vowing on outdoors and we talk to a lot of vets and do things, a lot of the, the veterans. And the main thing is like, they miss the community. They miss like have, having the purpose, but like having the people to hang out, you know, hang out with the like-minded people, Cause I mean, I mean, I was at Campbell. I mean, that's kind of where I started my career at was in Campbell, over the old Fourth Brigade. <laughs> Shows my age. Um, but when I was a gentleman, stuff we might be looking at gray lockers when there was nothing to do. But I was staring at gray lockers, you know, hiding the team leaders so I don't get smoked with my boys. Like, and then, you know, you see a lot of guys get out, and you know, they sit at home and they you know, scroll the internet, but there's no, you know, they don't have any type of sense of community or, you know, people to call or hang out with and be like, you know, these are my guys again. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, yeah. I definitely do agree. And that this is why I kind of, I really want to get you on the show just to, because yeah, we kind of do one in the same, a little bit uh, different, but I think if we can put out more communities for the service members, veterans, whoever get out, gets out. Like for instance, when I got out, uh, I mean, there was a short period, but I, I, one of the, I guess, the most entertaining times for me is when I started doing this show. Realized what me and Joe started doing this for, um, because when I got out, I was like, man, what the hell do I do? I'd wake up at five in the morning and just like, just sit there in my bed, like I had nothing to do. There was no, I guess, no purpose. But uh, I think stuff like this for service members, veterans who are listening, um, you know, I what uh, hunt, lift, eat. There you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> I had to go slow. Hunt, lift, E is doing, or like flyway, or balance on our outdoors. Which the sole purpose why we even me and Joe started this was to highlight balance on our outdoors. So, uh, yeah, we kind of do our own thing, kind of bullshit on the side. But um, I, it, it's just the fact that these there's service members that can go and call because I, I have no connections to Colorado. I mean, besides you and uh, guys that were in the service, um, I don't know if Joe does, but we can be like, hey, man, get connected with these guys that are over there. They're, 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 they're really good guys that can get you out there in the outdoors and they can show you around. And I think that's that's one thing that I think we me and Joe kind of had a mutual understanding of what we wanted to do when we started this. So um, that's that's really good. And I really do enjoy that. Uh, 
really do like that, that what you're doing out there in Colorado. Um, so as far as like finding you on social media and they, you have a website, correct? Yeah. The website is a uh, huntliftdeep.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dogs are going crazy. Sorry, That's but, fine. but yeah, um, huntliftdeep.com is our website and we've got uh, that's where you can get all of our merchandise. We actually just dropped our first training program. So it's a four week, we call it a couch to mountain, um, on a ramp program, basically to get you ready for like some backcountry hunts. You know, it's, it's not a complete program. It's just four weeks, but it's just to really get you back into the groove of training and it's free. We're, we're dropping this one completely for free. We're going to work on some paid programs in the future, but yeah, so we're really excited about that. That's where, as we're expanding, we're going to start focusing a lot of programming. We've still obviously got the merchandise. Uh, we're just expanding into a large women's line that should drop in the next couple of weeks. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's fun to do. It's fun to have like the outlet for me, uh, kind of gives me something to do outside of work and, I really want to add the value to folks yeah. with, you know, the training and let them give them some, some of that knowledge that they might not have. Cause what I've noticed is like a lot of people that are into hunting and the outdoors are into fitness, but it's not like they're sole focused. And so there's a big knowledge gap. That's what I, that's really highlighted is, is we get a ton of questions through our Instagram page, uh, which is hunt, lift, eat official. And uh, folks will just get on there and just message and ask questions. And I'm not an expert. And so I've got a couple guys that are actual, uh, like, you, do you remember uh, Pete Sunderland? Yeah. I saw him yeah. on some of your Instagram pictures. Yeah. So he, he, he's getting his uh, strength and he's still on active duty, but he's getting ready to transition out and he's getting his strength and conditioning certifications right now. And so he built the first program. And then we've got a, a fellow named uh, Anthony Deal, who's a professional strongman competitor and a strength and nutrition coach. And so by surrounding myself with guys that are actually our experts, it's, it's pretty good. Cause I can, I'm not like, I, I shouldn't be giving anybody advice on anything really. <laughs> so get the guys that know what they're doing to push out some of that information. And then with that team, it's, it's awesome. Cause like when you were talking about, you don't have any ties to Colorado, except for you know, like me or whoever, you know, from the service, it's the same thing with our team. They're spread out everywhere. We got guys in North Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Florida. Uh, I mean, all over the country in Georgia. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. We jump around, do hunts together and all, all sorts of stuff. And as we continue to grow, I really want to start doing like more events, get vets, but you know, it's just a time thing and a money thing. We're just, we kind of just got to grow as we go with, with the way our, our time commitments are. Yeah. I mean, you should have a lot more time now, right? Company commander. Oh yeah. <laughs> exact opposite. Hold your door. Hey, I'm busy. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, that's great, man. That's really good. Um, I actually did have a question. I was watching an Instagram video how, and, uh, you doing a, a squat. And I think, you know what I'm talking about. How bad yeah. did that hurt? It was pretty bad. Uh, so yeah, it looked like <laughs> You're referencing uh, when I tore my quad yeah. uh, about two months ago. It was right before that was four days before I had to go to NTC. Oh, <laughs> Not wow. good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It's uh, so it was one of those things. Like I laughed, and then afterwards, it's like, man, that looked like it hurt because it looked like you know when your mom gets the belt at you and you're like, like covering <laughs> your butt and you're like running yeah. away. That's what it looked like. I was like, what the hell happened to him? I was like, and then I read the comments. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You guys, yeah. have you seen the video, Joe? No, I was in the video. Yeah, you got to watch it. Look it looked bad. It looked like it, it was painful. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel good. I was uh, I was actually with Sunderland. We were we were working out. We were going to shoot for – we were going to 500 on back squat that day. And I did 455. It felt really good. I loaded up 480, pulled it off the rack, or took it off the rack. It felt it felt good. It was moving well. Went down, and then just my quad popped. Yeah, as soon like, as it popped. It threw yeah. the, bar, the bar and everything back. I was like – 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was bad. I, I tore that quad in high school football. And so I think uh, just a combination of training really hard without doing, I was not focusing on my recovery or my mobility work at all. Uh, probably wasn't hydrating and taking care of my nutrition the way I should be with yeah, how hard I was trying to work. And then, you know, a bunch of factors and then it being the weak point where I had torn it previously, it just popped again. So it healed up pretty quick. I'm about 90% now. I'm not going to go that heavy for a while. I probably won't go that heavy for a few more months, but uh, it's feeling good now. I can run and do everything else on it. Nice. Nice. All right. So let, let's get, let's kind of get it before we get into, uh, let's kind of get into the whole hunting game. I mean, it's kind of most people want to hear about. So I know, uh, you said you're not, mu- you've never waterfowled. You're not much a waterfowler. I've never waterfowl hunted at all, but that's and, not out. Oh, of, we got to change that. Yeah, that's why oh, I said yeah. we got to get them out there. We got to change that. Yeah. We definitely need to get you out there. You'll, uh, I will say like, I, I was a big, big game hunter. Um, I did a couple, I did a couple of hunts down in, uh, Campbell when I was there and then on Louisiana and stuff, but, and then obviously Texas, but, um, waterfowl changed the game for me. So I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll like it. But, uh, when it, when it comes to the big game waterfowl, what, what is your number one go-to? Like what, what, I mean, do you usually like, Hey, I want it. This is what I'm going to go hunt for. Uh, growing up was always white tails. I grew up in the East. Uh, I grew up hunting on my family farm. I have, very lucky. I have two, my, both sides of my family are from the same County in Southwestern Virginia. And we have two family farms on each side. And so, or one on each side. And so I would hunt there. And so it's always whitetail and that's, I hunted whitetail hell from when I was like 15 to, to now. And I, so that's, that's definitely the go-to since coming out West, it's been awesome to just completely expand everything that I'm going after. Uh, so last year I hunted elk, uh, antelope, mule deer, uh, struck out on elk, but I killed an antelope and then, mm-hmm had a shot opportunity on a mule, on a mule deer, but then <laughs> didn't take it. And I kind of regretting that, but no, it was, it was good. It, hunting out West is a whole different beast, but I definitely, definitely love big game hunting. It's, it's addicting. It's yeah. a special kind of suffering. Yeah. It's crazy what you said. Like you should have took the shot. It's, I can't tell you how many, like just in hunting in general, how, how much, I mean, how this past season, uh, waterfowling with Joe, it's like, I've heard Joe is like, man, I should, I should just had y'all take that shot or I should have just done this. And it's always like, it, it seems like, and Joe can, I can contest for like big game, but that was my first season with waterfowl. I think, I don't know, Joe can contest as far as waterfowl every season. He, I mean, I'm assuming you say, man, I, I should have done this this way. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's some of my, yeah, I definitely replay. Um, and it's, it's probably because even that shot that you didn't probably take on the white tail with those elk. Yeah. It's because you're always constantly looking for that perfect shot. Like, um, I guarantee you, I mean, same thing with me. I'm, I'm looking for the birds. Like in my mind, I want that picture perfect shot. I think, and I think sometimes even, even with, um, big game hunting, uh, that's what you wait for. Sometimes that's not what you get. Yeah. yeah. You kind of take what you can get. Especially with public yeah. land, public land hunting out West, you know, shot opportunities are, can be few and far between. And then, you know, animals and that was, so the, I had a shot opportunity on, two spike mule deer bucks and uh, the, the area I was hunting in Wyoming was, was mule or was uh, buck only. And I didn't want to shoot a spike. I was trying to get at least the four key. Uh, but I thought I should have just like, I should have just shot one and just had the meat, had the experience, you know, just not, not going down. I was trying to hold out for something better. And then I went back up to Wyoming on the same tag. And it was one of those deals where the, there was actually was a really nice buck, but he was about 50 to hundred meters on the private side 
bedded down. And I just sat there and watched him for about three hours in a in an ethical struggle with myself, whether or not I was going to shoot him on the other side of the property line. Or not. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, I, I, you know, the, which uh, probably 10 years ago, I probably would have shot that deer. I think uh, <laughs> I've gotten a little, little wiser in my old age and decided to show some temperance and not, and not shoot him, but and drag him over the line. But it, it was hard. It was hard yeah. not to shoot that deer. And I think what it is too, especially like, so I, I did a lot of big game, but when, with, when it came with waterfowl and shotgun, I'm like, I just, I just want to shoot it. And Joe's like, no, just chill, 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 chill. Let's, let's get that perfect shot. Cause like you said, he likes them when you now they're cupping, they're coming down. And it's that perfect. It not sky popping. I guess that's what they call in the waterfowl community. Um, sky popping. So I, I, I can at least correct me if I'm wrong. Joe likes that one where it's just perfectly right there, beautifully set in front of you. And it's just bang. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't like shooting my yard. I like shooting my feet. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the same thing. So uh, we all, this is something we always do with the, mostly everybody in our, our, our podcast. Um, just because we're, we're kind of curious too what you shoot. But um, as far as when it comes to big game, are you a bow or a rifle? Or both? Uh, both. both. Yeah. Okay. I, I bow hunt uh, and I also rifle hunt. I'm pretty, I'm relatively new into the, the archery game. I got into archery hunting actually at Fort Campbell because you can't hunt with a rifle on Campbell. Yeah. And so back in two, 2016, uh, I got a bow and, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's addicting. It's a, uh, it is it, very frustrating. Uh, yeah. A lot of, lot of huge learning curve. I, I can't tell you my first season hunting, how many deer I just sat and watched at 60, 60 yeah. yards with the bow in my hand, just frustrated as all hell. I get but closer. It, yeah. Yeah, but it's a it's a ton of fun. I prefer to hunt whitetail archery uh, out west. I do a lot of rifle, but I'll probably I think I'm going to do antelope uh, this year with my bow, which is going to be miserable, absolutely miserable. Yeah. Antelope hunting's hard with a bow, but yeah, be a good challenge. What kind of bow do you shoot? I have a Hoyt Carbon Defiant uh, with the turbo oh, nice. cams. I've got a nice. I'm short, so I have a shorter uh, draw length, so I'm What's running the, the turbo cam. Uh, Twenty seven and a half. Yeah, you're about mine. That's what I. That's yeah. what I draw at. Um, all right, we're in the short club. The light. Yeah. Club, yeah with the. I think we're all we're all in the short club. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so I was kind of kind of in the same boat as you are. So obviously, I grew up um with rifle and stuff. And I mean, my uh uncles, stepdad's friends, and stuff like that. They were kind of lazy, just sitting. Uh, not supposed to drink, but uh, just sit and drink coffee. I guess. Uh in a in a tree stand or a blind or whatever um and that that's how it was uh, i didn't it's kind of the same as you i didn't start bow till i got to actually campbell so um i went out a couple times and i sucked at it i didn't know how to shoot it it's a lot of trial and error uh, i finally went to um uh i went with a, a buddy of mine that was down there visiting and he took me out and showed me a little bit how to shoot the bow and stuff but uh, i had everything wrong i didn't measure my my arrows weren't measured I didn't cut it. I, they weren't cut. I didn't know you had to cut them. I didn't know they had to be all this stuff. And he, he really helped me out. So I actually started too at Campbell with both. So, um, I haven't really rifled hunting in a long time. So I'm looking to get back into it and hopefully I can go out West or somewhere up North to get some caribou or something. Yeah. Caribou hunts definitely on the short list going up to Alaska. I'm actually going to Alaska in a couple of weeks to go on a black bear hunt and then oh, nice. do some halibut fishing. So that's going to be oh, nice. Yeah. So as far as rifle, what do you shoot? I have a 270 and a 30-06. Okay. I primarily run the 270 now. I just love how flat shooting of that round is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
it's just a very flat shooting round. It's great for out west, reaching out there that distance. And and it's 270 is plenty for uh, pretty much any big game. Yeah. What kind? So as far as arrows, what kind of arrows do you use? Like goat tips or something? So I'm actually, this uh, season is going to be the first uh, season that I completely build my arrows myself. I decided I've, I've been, you know, having the shops do it. I decided I really want to learn the full process. And so I'm running uh, the Black Eagle X Impacts. Mm-hmm. the 250 spine and then I'm, I'm building them uh just completely from the ground up I, I just got everything in the mail minus my dang uh the aerosols uh back ordered right now so I'm, I'm i'm on hold until i can get that the saw in to get them cut but yeah so it'll be the the black eagle x impacts nice so we actually have a, a, a Yala, or gilbert um yeah. who actually does that that's what i mean he he hunted down in georgia bow hunting he's he's definitely been bow hunting longer than i have so yeah he's pretty, saddle hunts and yeah, tree climbs. hunts tree climbs like he's like uh definitely i mean he's he's definitely in the short club but he's like uh a little pit bull the shortest of the short club yeah shortest <laughs> of the short club but I mean, the guy can hustle. Yeah. He, look, he definitely doesn't look like he can, but he, the guy can hustle. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he's a good, great dude. Yeah, but he uh, for your rifle, what optic are you running on your rifles? Um, so on my 270, I've got a – it's just a uh, Vortex Diamondback, one of their lower-end ones. Um, I really like it. I've also got a Vortex Viper, uh, but it's not – it's just sitting right now. I'm going to build – Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I bought it. I was going to do get a 6.5 but I'm can, with the ammo shortage, I, I'm back and forth on what I want to do. Cause I was looking at a six, was it the six, five Weatherby. And um, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence on what I'm going to do with the, the vortex Viper, but the Diamondback, honestly, for anything 300 and in, I think that for the value of that scope, I think it was like 160 bucks. We get a military discount on them and yeah. uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool piece of glass for, for the money. So as far as, um, there's something that, and we're going to kind of switch it up here just because it's, a, we kind of can, and Joe can too. I mean, Joe, Joe knows a little about, uh, nothing and a little bit about a lot, but, um, when it comes to, uh, the big game and we'll get to the essentials cause we, we're usually talking about waterfowl and that, yeah, it caters to waterfowl and Valen honor, but Valen honor doesn't just do waterfowl hunts. They do, uh, a lot of deer, do, black yeah, bear, deer, turkey. black bear, turkey. They do, they, I mean, they do hikes and stuff like that. Um, but uh bear with me. Um give give us some some essentials as far as uh what are some of the essentials that you usually you to for people who are getting into big game hunting, what are some of the essentials that they may need? Now, obviously they're gonna need something to take down to harvest animal, whether it be rifle or a bow, but what are some of the essentials that you think as far as being a big game hunter that they new people veterans or new soldiers that are getting it or even anybody marine airmen uh even space force or uh those navy guys what do you think uh what what are some essential things they need just as the basic plain thing to take down some animals yeah absolutely uh, obviously we need a weapon so pick what rifle or bow or whatever you're going to use and uh the best way to, to do that just go to a pro shop or a you know gun store and just talk to the, the guys that know what they're talking about but then something that gets overlooked a lot and 
coming from like the infantry world, um, it's good because we, we have a really good understanding of just how to build a layering system mm-hmm. um, with your base layers and then mid layers, you know, and then your outer layers. And that's that's important, whether across any any hunting, it's pretty universal. Um, there's a bunch of different brands and a lot of great companies out there. You, you can't really go wrong. Everybody's kind of got their preference based on their their body type and their size and everything else. But what I like to do when I'm building my layering systems, is I, I use a synthetic base layer for my uh, torso and legs, and then a merino mid layer because with the with the synthetic it'll dry quickly, and so a lot of people like merino for their full layers, which is fine if that's your preference. But I like to have that synthetic touching my skin because it'll just dry a lot quicker than the merino. Yeah. Everybody talks about how merino it'll oh it'll insulate you when you're when it's wet, and it's like yeah, well, but you're still gonna be cold. Like you won't yeah. freeze to death, but it's still it's still wet clothes touching your body yeah so that's why i like the synthetic and then um some sort of like i said the merino and then some sort of like uh, windbreaking shell and then maybe a puffy like your your uh, down jackets and then you know your rain gear and just having a good system like that and then like learning it knowing how to use it is really important like a lot of guys will you know, you see it in the army as well. Guys will get really bundled up before they start moving and they're walking to the tree stand or they're walking up the mountain and they start sweating their ass off. And then next thing you know, they're they're soaking wet before they even get to where they're going. They have to sit there for a couple hours and they're freezing. So yeah, and you're suffering. I mean, that is, a, I'm really glad you brought that, that up. That is definitely a, something that gets overlooked in hunting, you know, either, especially being out West in those mountains or even uh, when I was hunting, more of like the northeastern waterfowl is that layering system. Um, I mean, and a, and a lot of brands are even going into like the layering system um, of uh, products of you know selling like a, like a big package and stuff. You know, different your outer layers, your inner layers, and all that. Uh, I know Bandit does it, Drake does it, and uh, I don't know if you use or not out there. Sitka, I mean, everyone knows what Sitka is nowadays. Yeah. But I will say that they're definitely real big on the merino layers and synthetics and really, you know, layering up because, yeah, that, that's literally something that can make a great hunt, a potentially great hunt, turn into a horrible hunt. Yeah, and everybody always, there's, you know, you see it on uh, Facebook and the forums all the time. They're like, oh, my grandpa killed deer in flannel and jeans. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but that's because that was his only option, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you, you can, there's such great fabric technology out there these days. If you can have, and you have the money and you can budget and, you know, find things on sale, use pro, like pro deals, especially for, yeah. for vets. Like there are so many great sources for, for military and, you know, first responders to get massive industry discounts. And if you can use those, like, why not get like, yeah, sure. I, I can probably survive on the mountain in jeans, but I'm going to be so significantly. Yeah, yeah. Why would I yeah. choose to do that? I don't like being miserable. No, and I and I agree with that. And I mean, how Joe was saying back in the day, like waterfowling, these guys just went out in jeans too. So, um, I can imagine going out in the marsh and in some jeans, it's freezing for no reason. Freezing, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, that's crazy. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there is you can use the minimal, but I mean, if you have the money, why not? You know. Yeah, and you don't have to buy the highest end stuff, right? Like if you just understand what the fabrics are and then how you want to build the layer and you can buy, you know, just those garments that there's this misnomer that everything has to be matching camouflage. And, and granted, I like to have my kit match just because I'm OCD, but yeah. you can still get in, get into the woods, get into the mountains, 
on a budget. And I, yeah. I think that's important because people think that it's cost prohibitive to hunt. And if you buy all the coolest, latest gear, then sure, it's going to, you're going to spend five, 10 grand, but you can get out on the mountain or out in the woods for relatively cheap if you just know what you're doing and what you're looking for. Nice. So let's, uh, and it's just so we can kind of move on because I got to, I get those little Bing messages because I, I try not to like make these too long. Cause then, I mean, I'd listen to podcasts for too long. It's like, Oh man. All right. I'm done. But, uh, <laughs> it's definitely an interesting conversation. I definitely enjoy it, but there is something that I was actually curious about and this joke can kind of caveat on this. Um, so when it comes to your top five, next bucket list, it's, it's something you've never harvested. What are you, do you have a top five that you're going to, that you want to harvest in the future or hunt or go out there and uh, get out there and, you know, test the waters. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I, I mentioned the Alaska black bear hunt. So that's, you know, that's my next one. big one. And that'll be a, that'll be my first deliberate black bear hunt. I've like kind of hunted black bears, but not where I was only out for those uh, in the East. And it's completely different in Alaska, obviously. So then I want to do Alaska caribou. That's a, that's a really big one for me, caribou. And then we got a Europe rotation coming up next year. And so I was looking nice. at I was looking at Scotland red stag hunts. Red stag, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. And then, uh, and then anything in New Zealand would be a bucket list hunt for me. Just to go, you got you got tar, you got red stag. I mean, you can hunt anything out there. It's just the 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 Brits back in the day built New Zealand to be a hunting preserve. So yeah, it'd be really cool. Actually, really good waterfowl hunting out there as well. Like really good waterfowl hunting. Yeah, if I ever get out of the army and have some time, I just want to do like a month down in New Zealand and just hunt for a month. I think that'd be incredible. Yeah, actually, since I got into waterfowl, actually, one of them is Argentina. So hopefully I can get that up. But yeah, I've um, heard the bird hunting down there is phenomenal. Yeah. So you named, well, you named three, four. It's just now it's just locations. Yeah, it's really just location. I, got, I mean, species are cool to me, but it's hunting. Yeah. Hunting to me is more about the experience mm-hmm. and then the, the meat and then, you know, eating, like, don't get me wrong. Everybody loves, loves antlers and horns and everything. And it's cool to have something up on the wall, but it's, it's really for me about going to cool places and doing like cool things with cool people and just building relationships and community and then putting food on the table. And that's kind of why I hunt. That's so I don't really have a whole lot of interest in going to Africa. I've got nothing against the African model, but like you can't bring any of the meat back. And so it's like, what, what's the point in my opinion, like for what I want to go down there and just, I don't want to shoot things and just to have mounts on the wall. I want the whole experience. I need it all. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can, I can agree with that. I mean, the first day, uh, Joe took me out waterfowl hunting cause he's, he, I mean, hell, he tried a whole year to take me out. I said, nah, 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 I didn't want to waterfowl. But, uh, the first day, I mean, what I came back out and he's like, man, I'm sorry. You didn't kill nothing or we didn't harvest nothing. I was like, I just bought waiters. I just bought this. I just bought that. Yeah. He, like, oh, he had like a thousand dollars. in his <laughs> yeah, he's like, already. I was like, bro, I'm doing this again. Like it was fun. Just that grind. Um, and like, like we said earlier, like it kind of like caters to, um, a lot of veterans and service members out there that, you know, getting out there and get, it's, it's just that grind, whether it be big game waterfowl, um, cause we were sled dragging his, uh, decoy yeah. and, and, uh, his, his, uh, a frame blind and, I mean, that stuff's not light. So, but it, even though I, I did get a workout, I enjoyed it. It was fun being out there with them. And uh, we had some good, uh, what are we, Daryl's that day? Yeah, we had Daryl's yeah, after. Some good uh, pole boys down in Louisiana. So, 
But uh, yeah, that was definitely fun. So I think that's why that's kind of something that we we can all uh, contest with as far as when it comes out there. But we definitely need to get you out waterfowl, uh, get you out. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, we'll make that happen. It is definitely. Uh, what, one thing for Luke, and it, you know, kind of what he went off of, is uh, what I think is super cool, super interesting that you guys are doing there in uh, Lift Honey. Is that, uh, just like we're talking about the base layers and the layers and the gear that people overlook is a physical aspect of it. Um, like he said, you know, even waterfowl, you know, we're packing in on a sled drag that's probably about a mile long, you know, close to 200 pounds of gear between decoys, blind guns, shotgun shells. Um, what do you, I, I know you're offering stuff, you know, you're really pushing it, which is super cool. But if you, you know, for new hunters, like, they want to get started and all that, especially you know, go up the elk hunting in the mountains of Colorado and the Rockies. What's your advice for them to get ready for a hunt and stuff? I, I, I know everyone looks at the gear, everyone looks at the guns. You know, the workout part's not the most um, thing that people want to talk about, or even some people don't even think about. Um, yeah, but, I, I, you're definitely right. A lot of people overlook it, and I think you know, poor fitness is what kills hunts especially out West in the back country quicker than anything else that, and then, you know, bad boots or not broken in boots. Um, cause people just don't know how to take care of their feet, which is something obviously we, we learn in the infantry. Yeah. But yeah well, with training one, just consistency, like it doesn't have to be our program. It could be any program, just find a program and then stick to it. That has, you know, and that's the biggest thing. People just, we live in a society that's just, you know, get rich quick, get fit quick. Like nobody wants to put the work in. It takes years and years and years to build like true lasting fitness. It's not to say that you can't get into shape quickly, but you just need to have a consistent uh, training program. And, you know, that's why we built the couch to mountain program. So folks could have something as a, as a guide and it's built to, all the way it's built out one, it's very scalable based on your fitness level. So if, if you're sitting here and you're, I've never worked out, you can just, you know, cut the workouts in half or, or whatever. If you're pretty fit, you can do them and you're going to, you're going to feel it. It's a, it's a tough program. You stick to that for four weeks, rinse and repeat, do the thing again. You do it for eight weeks. You're going to, you're going to feel pretty good ready for the, you know, some of your hunts because it's, it's all built to like build your, your trunk, your core. So you can carry a load, a lot of lower body endurance, a lot of step ups, anaerobic, aerobic endurance. So it's all this stuff you're going to need. One, it's very transferable to the military and how we need to train, but then also for the back country as well, you know, because there are different physical demand requirements like whitetail hunting isn't that physically demanding until you have to drag a deer out. That's yeah. that's bad. You're, you know, your, your heart rate will spike when you're dragging a deer. Yeah. But for the most part, you're just sitting in a tree stand, you know, eating snacks like it's not it's not that hard. <laughs> but when you're hunting elk out west and you're climbing, you know, you're going up twelve hundred feet in point six miles like that's that's pretty pretty tough going. And then if you got to do that with a, with an out quarter on your back, you're going to know, you're going to know pretty quickly whether or not you're in shape. And then you're doing it at like 11,000 feet in elevation. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. I can only imagine. And I mean, honestly, I think that that's actually really good. Cause like, uh, and it goes within the, the people who just want to start, um, game hunting, whatever the game may be. Um, there is a, there is not, there is a, uh, a fitness aspects in that. And that, like you said, that even whitetail, like, yeah, you're just sitting there, but 
preseason, you got to set up that, that tree stand, uh, mm-hmm. depending on what you use that climb stand up and down. I mean, that can be, that, that's some work there. Or if you're using, if you have a ladder stand, um, I know I've set up a couple ladder stands and I mean, yeah, it, it's a two man job if, if you don't know what you're doing. So, um, and there's, there's some lifting, or if you have a feed out there, you got a hunting lease and stuff like that. You got to set up that feed, yeah. you take the feed. So it is, there is demanding, uh, 50 pound corn bags on your shoulders bags. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Make some trails, For sure. you know, there is like, yeah. I mean, there is, there's a portion of it where you just sit in, but there is that preseason and then postseason when you got to take all that stuff down or even within the season when you're taking that, like you said, dragging that deer and that's if you kill some or you harvest some, sorry. Um, Oh, you can I say will. you can say kill. I actually hate how we try to like. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, I try to like take it just to make it doesn't matter. Whatever, um, kill, harvest, however you want to say it. But uh, um, like me, I didn't harvest. I didn't kill anything this past season, uh, and that's one of the reasons I was like, well, I got to do some. So I went waterfowl hunting, and I was like, man, this. Is, I guess the difference is waking up that much earlier and drag it in not saying that you have to do it um and joe can kind of speak a little bit more on this because he has a lot more experience than me when it comes to waterfowl but uh if you want your stuff to be i guess i don't want to say the best but to what you want there is going to be some dragon there is going to be i mean we're you're gonna get marsh. just like anything in life you're gonna you're gonna get out what you put in yeah so, i mean if you want to go in public land with three decoys and just walk 10 feet off the you know off the main road into a pond your likelihood of you getting, you know, shooting ducks or you can see any, probably not that likely. But I mean, if you want to have a blind, go, you know, like we said, do it before, walk out there with all that gear. Um, then yeah, it takes time, and, you know. And you know, we usually do it in one trip. I mean, yes, you can break it up in multiple trips, but that's more time you're taking. Yeah, you're- I think we had some guests on. Yeah, we're talking about the fitness aspect, and even yeah. you know, talking about. Um, Whitetail hunting not being that, you know, physically demanding to kill something. I mean, was it Haley and Chelsea were talking about when they were pheasant hunting? You know, they didn't think walking just with just a shotgun would be that physically demanding on the Dakotas. But walking for, you know, pheasant hunting, when you really, I mean, all you have is a vest and a shotgun. Yeah. When you're doing that, I think they put like 16 miles in in a day. And that, that starts that starts wearing on you. And, the, and it's not like these girls that, uh, and you got to check out that podcast with their, uh, it's not like they're new to hunting. They, they hunt, they've been hunt they hunt all year round. It's just yeah. what they do. But they said that that walk is like, and it's with anything walking through the marsh and waders, like dragging your legs across. Um, or if you're out carrying, carrying feed into your, uh, to your feet or whatever, or even if you're not, I mean, you're still carrying a, a sack. At least I do, anyways. When I go up in my tree stand, I have my beef jerky or I have water. Yeah. I mean, I'm carrying stuff like that. I'm carrying some essential stuff. I have uh, my knives or whatever. My because there is instance where I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll field dress them there. You know, um, kind of makes it easier. But um, there is a, there is I think with especially people who are getting into new into the waterfowl or any type of hunting community, I think they need to understand like there is there is a cardio aspect, and I think. Honestly, now that that they know that, hey, look, there, there's different there's sites or there's things out there that they can find these little workouts that because that, that's one thing, too. Like, I don't think people want to do the homework on what they need to do. I think when you provide it for them, it makes it it's easier for them. And I think it's good that what you guys are doing. I mean, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to try it out. Uh, right, I'm going to look at it right after this. Um, so but for the workouts, um, I know COVID really changed the game. People work out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they close gyms down and 
stuff. Um, I know Sornex and Rogue and all of them are selling stuff out like five years. You know, they depleted their you know their um, merchandise five years now. Uh, for some of your workouts, especially the couch to um, the couch to the field one, um, is it like home workouts they do, or do they probably need gym membership, or you know, can they just use sandbags or a kettlebell and um, get the full effects? Yeah, so we built it to be done at the house. Uh, you need a sand, a sandbag, so you can grab like a brute force or any one of the sandbags yeah. and get off Amazon, and then uh, a kettlebell, and then. D- Two dumbbells is what the recommend recommended uh, equipment is, and you can yeah. And so if you, I think I don't remember, we totaled up the total cost. I think it was like you can get all the gear for like right around just under three hundred bucks, uh, which is not not too bad. If you and that's like yeah, that's a rogue, not- and you could probably find it used because right everybody bought all this stuff during COVID, and now they're selling it again. Yeah. So much gym equipment on Facebook Marketplace, and I've got a full gym in the garage, which is which was pretty awesome. But yeah, we, we, I wanted to build it. So it was streamlined for folks to be able to do with very minimal equipment, but still get a good effect. And so, mm-hmm. and also like you're a rock or a weight vest is the other thing we, we recommend you have. Yeah. And if you have that stuff, yeah, you can, you can do the whole program. Yeah. That's actually good. And I think even for like, let's say the younger generation, uh, even uh, females or whatever, um, if they can't lift, or don't want to buy it. And this is something that I saw a long time ago. Um, you can use a water jug as a kettlebell. I mean, uh, a milk jug. I mean, it weighs what, like eight pounds. I mean, put sand in it, make it heavier, whatever. So just kind of be creative about it. But I think that's, that's really good that you guys put on the cost on there. And this way people have an idea of what, you know, what, what's, what's it going to cost me to do this? Is, is it going to cost me? I don't know what gym memberships are now in 24, like 40 bucks or whatever a month. Or is it going to cost me 40 bucks one time and I can do this every day in my house, you know? Yeah. I mean, even for the cost, like 300 bucks isn't that much. Um, I, have a, I know some, some some friends of mine where they went on a um, a $4,000 elk hunt. I mean, those hunts aren't, aren't cheap. And like he said, the best, you know, well, Luke said the best way to ruin a hunt of bed in the backcountry is not be physically fit. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're going to spend $4,000, you know, to go out there and then on top of gear and everything else and not, you know, and you're not willing to put $300 in to get yourself to actually complete the hunt. I mean, that's money to waste down the drain at the higher end, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that's definitely something. And, uh, I, I would challenge and another weird challenge thing there was things i couldn't say in the beginning but now i'm coming up with stuff not to say in the next couple of shows but uh, i would challenge people to look up the um the website hunt lift eat or lift hunt eat hunt lift eat that's what I hunt lift eat <laughs> hunt lift it's eat. on a shirt I don't know yeah, if you but realize it's like it do, I, do i go to l-h-e or do i do h-l-e h L- I'm gonna look at it, Ellie. Yeah, you, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like, but anyways, I would challenge people to look it up. And then people who want to get, you know, thinking about uh, doing some hunting this season, hey, check it out because there is, there is a, uh, there is some, uh, there's definitely, uh, I just brain fart, a, a, a workout aspect of it, uh, and, uh, physical fitness part of it. So, um, I think that's all. I think that's all we have for today. I didn't want to go too far uh there was definitely more we could talk about we definitely need to get you back on uh, just to finish up some of these conversations um joe do you have anything 
Now, great to meet you. I, you know, love seeing the program. Love seeing, you know, what how creative vets get out there to connect with other vets and get other, other vets into doing stuff, man. I, that's a, you know, I think your Instagram I've checked out, your website, awesome, man. You're doing an awesome, awesome thing out there. Thanks. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you guys having me on too. It's been a lot of fun. It's great to reconnect with Chris after a couple of years we haven't talked. Yeah, no, we definitely need to get you down on a waterfowl hunt. So I'll, uh, I'll get in contact with you. Maybe we can get you down here, uh, get you in a hunt. You definitely need to try it. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'll, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. I'll talk to Joe. We can figure something out. Yeah, we'll give him the pit line. Yeah, no, get some going. Uh, yeah, we we'll get some going. Have fun. Get some speckle belly, man. Speckle belly is like red. It's just red meat, man. It's it's, it's amazing. It's good. You'll like it. But, um, if there's nothing else, uh, like always, I, I do want to thank uh, Bound Honor Outdoors for what they do. Uh, Joe, my host, I want to thank Luke for coming on the show. You guys check them out. Check them out on their podcast, uh, Hunt Lift Eat Podcast. Uh, I've heard a couple of them, and I mean, it's really good stuff, uh, especially for people who are getting into game, big game hunting or even outdoors. Uh, if you're a veteran or a service member and you're you're in their area, hey, reach out to them. I'm sure that it's not going to be a problem for them. Uh, they're always down to, I'm pretty sure they're down to help uh, other service members and vets. And just like uh, on our Outdoors, uh, you know, reach out to them like always. Um, you guys have a good one and let Valinor fail. Mm-hmm.